Shin Daf Hayamud Aleph, transforming bad into good. En Kategor Naisis Anegor. Firstly, it's, it's, it's quite appropriate, as I mentioned to you, David and Hannah Wallace. Uh, made a contribution to enable the learning of the Masech de Kiddushin and to enable its distribution. And Rosh Chodesh El, today is their 32nd wedding anniversary, so we wish them Mazel Tov and gratitude for their for their assistance and their involvement, and their, they listen to the to the Matmonim with us every, every single day. Uh, the the Gemara we're learning is actually particularly appropriate for Rosh Chodesh El, strangely enough, but we know that that happens often, although there's no direct reference to it, to it in the Gemara. But as you'll see, it's something that makes a difference, because to understand the Gemara at the top of Daf Hayamud Aleph, we need to reference a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah on Daf Chofava Mud Aleph where the Gemara introduces us to an idea that we find in several places in Shas, including in our, in our sugya, of en kategor sanegor, that you can't use a uh, prosecutor to be a defendant. The energies are completely different. The way, you, the way you are when you're prosecuting and the way you are when you're defending are completely different. And the way it's applied is you don't introduce an image of of a constructive and positive image, you don't introduce that the other way around. You don't introduce a negative and destructive image when you're busy with something constructive. Uh, it's it's disruptive. It's very, very disturbing. Uh, and so, for example, if you're thinking recession and, oh, and what's going to be and will I survive, you can't be innovative. You can't bring a, a fearful thought into a, an expansive experience. You can't innovate and create when you're worried about something that's destructive and, and negative. And, and so all the talk at the moment about recession, and as important as the talk is, one has to be careful that it doesn't actually rob us of the opportunity to grow and to develop and to think for and to think anew and to think long term. Uh, one has to be careful of that. So that that's the principle of Ein Kategor Naseh Sanegor. If you're busy with Sanegor, if you're busy with, with building something, with a future, with, with uh, opportunity, don't disrupt that process with negative thoughts. But there are times that, that, that we do when we're actually transforming the negative into the positive, then we have to use them both as we're going to see. So that's in, in Gemara Rosh Hashanah where we talk about why the Kohen Godel can't wear golden clothing in the Kodshe Kedoshim. He has to change into white clothing because it reminds us of the Egel. The Egel was a negative experience, so you don't bring a negative metaphor and image into the Beis Amikdash when you're busy constructing the future. Over the period of Yom Kippur, and why don't we use for a shofar? We can't use the horn of a cow or, a, or an ox because it reminds us of the eagle. Ain kategor nasis an eagle. That's the Gemara there in Rosh Hashanah. So what's that got to do with us here? The Gemara discusses where do we know from that a star works that you can affect a marriage with a document? You don't have to give the woman a ring under the chuppah. You could also give her a document under the under the chuppah before the chuppah. Says the Gemara. The Gemara goes through a process. Um, and wants to suggest that why can't we learn it from divorce? Just as you can divorce a woman with a document, surely you can marry her with a document. And in that way, ask the Gemara, so if you can learn that just as a woman can be divorced with a document, she can be married with a document, learn the other way around and say just as a woman can be married with money, maybe you can divorce her with money as well. You can give her, give her a ring, uh, a, a divorce ring. There are such things. Divorce rings are little breaks in them. They make them. The jewelers make divorce rings. So you give her a marriage ring when you get married, give her a divorce ring when you get divorced. That's what the Gemara asks. 
אומר רבי, יאמרו כסף מכניס כסף מציס הנגר יעשה קטגר. Are you going to use the same image, the same symbol for getting married and for getting divorced? What about Sanego Yase Katego? It's too disruptive. So it says the Gemara, but what about Shtar, the document also? Why did we say the same with the document? You use a document for marriage, but you can use a document for divorce as well. How can you use the same image for both? Answers the Gemara, no. A get and a Shtar Kiddushan are two different things. A, a document is defined by what's written in it. And what's written in the two documents have no, no relationship to one another. One is Kiddushan. One is Kiddushan. There's, there's no connection. Says the Gemara, The money also. The money you give at the chuppah, at the wedding, that's for marriage. And the money you give at the divorce. The, ring, the divorce ring is a divorce ring. How, why would you compare them? Says the Gemara, Nevertheless, they're, they're one commodity. It's one image, it's money, and it's, uh, you can't mix them in that, in that particular way. So there are three questions I want to look at in the few minutes we have together this morning. The, the first question is, what is the Gemara's Havamina and Maskona? What is the Gemara initially thinking when it says money also should, are two separate things? Why are they two separate things? If you give a ring for Kiddushin and you give a ring at, at divorce, they're not two separate things. It's the same thing. It's the same as a coin wearing gold in, on Yom Kippur, and it reminds us of the gold of the eagle. You're going to give gold at the divorce and, and gold at the, at, the, at, the, at the wedding. It doesn't make sense. Number two, the Gemara just switches it around. Wherever else in Shas we have this idea, it's about en kategu nase sanegu. You can't use the prosecutor to be a defendant. You can't bring your averas in to the process of doing something positive. You can't bring the eagle, an image of the eagle, because images have... have subconscious impacts on people. So while you're busy on Yom Kippur, you're busy about the new year and what's coming forward and the Kohen Godels and the Kodesh Kedoshim, you can't bring an image of something that's going to take you off on a subconscious negative track. So understand, when you're doing something positive, don't bring a negative image in. But here the Gemara switches it and says, What's wrong with that? Why can't something which has been used positively be brought into a negative experience? Surely that's a good thing. How does the Gemara switch the two? And the third thing we're going to ask is, um, there are cases where we do do it. There's a Medrash itself that says in Parsha Shmini, Aaron is told to bring an eagle chatas, to bring an eagle, a, a calf, as his korban. And the Medrash says there, let the, the calf of Aaron atone for the golden calf. So there you see, we're not worried about Ein Kategu Naseh Why don't we worry about that? Those are the three questions. What does the Gemara initially think about Kesef? Why does the Gemara think Kesef could be two different things? The ring under the chuppah and the ring at the divorce, where we think that might be a mechanism. Why does that not work? What, what is the Gemara thinking? Why does the Gemara switch Kategu and Sanegar around? And what about cases where we do allow the negative to be brought into the positive. So on the question of what is the Gemara thinking, you remember yesterday we talked about the Machlik Isma and Taz in Chush and Mishvat. The Machlik Isma and Taz is generally with Kinyan Kesef, when you use money as a Kinyan. What are you doing? Is it just a, an, a, a formula? Is it just a, a symbol? I give you the money, you give me the object. Or is it the beginning of payment? Am I actually paying you for it? And the Sma says it must be a form of payment because the whole thing is learnt even in the case of Kiddushin. Where do we learn it from? Stay Ephron. And what was the case of Stay Ephron when Abraham bought the Maharata Machpelah? He paid, he was paying price. He was, it wasn't an, a symbol. It was the full price he was paying for it. So you see that payment, even in the case of Kiddushin, says the Sma, 
must be a form of um, of payment. And the Taz attacks, attacks that uh, and says, Lo I don't understand the Sma. Of course, when you're marrying a woman, you're not paying for her. What are you buying? It's got nothing to do with buying, says the, says the Taz. And we, so we explained yesterday, so how, does this, how would the Sma answer the Taz? The Taz says, woman, you can't, you're not paying for the woman. The answer is when you bought the Maratha Machpelah, you weren't paying for the Maratha Machpelah either because property is invaluable. There is no value attached to property, which is why in or na'abikarkot, you can't overcharge for property. Because ultimately the property will go up. There's a limited amount of property. There's a growing demand in the, in the days when populations were growing. I don't know what's going to happen now in the world where the populations aren't growing. That changes the whole economy. But if populations grow as they naturally should, the demand for property grows, the, the supply stays the same, so the value goes up, so you're, always, you're investing in property. What's the difference? When you buy something, you pay what it's worth. When you invest in something, you pay what it's going to be worth. You pay for the future. You invest in unlimited potential. So when a man marries a woman and gives her a ring under the chuppah, gives her gold, he's not buying her but he's investing in the unlimited potential of the woman and their love together. That's, what he's, that's how we learned it. And that's what the Sma means. The Sma is not saying he's buying something. The Sma means you're investing. Says the Avne Miluim. Avne Miluim is the same as the Ketzeus HaKhoshin. He wrote the Ketzeus HaKhoshin on Choshin Bishbat, on monetary laws. This is the period of the Vilna Gorn, 18th century, although I don't think they knew of each other. Um, but they, um, is that period that he wrote the Choshin, the Ketzeus HaKhoshin when he was in his 30s, a very young man. And then he later wrote the Avne Miluim on Evan Hoezer, on laws of marriage. And the Avni Milum says he, he holds like the smart. Clearly there's an investment here. This is not just a symbol. And if there's an in investment here, he explains our Gomorrah. Originally the Gomorrah thought, if this is just, if this is an investment, then clearly in Chupa, in the case of Kiddushim, I'm investing in the woman. That's what the money means. This is money of investment. But what about Gitin? If I use a ring to divorce, what am I investing in? It's the opposite of investment, so clearly they're completely different. In the case of divorce, if a ring could be used for a Kenyan in divorce, it would be a completely different Kenyan. It wouldn't be a Kenyan like the marriage Kenyan. This would just be a symbol. I'm giving you a symbol. With this symbol, we end our, mar we end our marriage. It's just a formula. But, but the case of Kiddushin is a real investment. So from there, the Gemara wants to say, explains the, the Avni Miluim, that these are, these are potentially two completely different things. Answers the Gemara. Yes, conceptually they're different, but the image, the metaphor is the same. When you see the ring, you think of the marriage. When a person gives a ring at the marriage, he's going to think to himself, oh yeah, I wonder what a divorce ring looks like. They shouldn't be mixed. It's a bit like an antinatural contract. And I'm not going into the issue of whether one should or one shouldn't. And a rabbinical antinatural contract, prenatural contract, as they call it in the United States. Uh, but one thing is for sure, you're actually discussing divorce while you're getting married. That's an incategor, nasa sanegra. There's a problem, there's an emotional problem. And, and in some cases, you're actually sowing the seeds of dissent and divorce of, by those very discussions. What happens when we divorce? Who should be talking about divorce? But again, not getting into the practicality of it. But conceptually, there's an issue, as we see from this, from this Gemara. So that's how we deal with the first question, is what is the Gemara initially thinking? Initially, the Gemara thought, the money of Kiddushin and the money of Girushin, the ring given at the wedding and the ring given at a divorce are conceptually totally different. One is an investment and one is a symbol. And answers the Gemara, no, at the end of the day, there is imagery and you can't confuse the imagery. 
why does the Gemara switch around? On what basis does the Gemara here talk about Ein Sanegur and I say Kategur? Something positive can't be used for something negative. This is the only time in Shas that we have this, this, this particular comment. The idea is that even at the wedding, when he's giving her a ring, what is she thinking or he thinking? I hope this is the only ring I get. I don't want a divorce ring, assuming you could use a ring for divorce. I hope I never get a divorce ring. I hope I never have to give a divorce ring. Why are you even thinking of those things? That, that's the, the bringing, the kategor, although in, in time perspective, the kategor, the negative happens later than the initiation, but you know at the time of initiation that this is also an instrument of divorce. So how would you do a marriage with an instrument of divorce? That's not right, says the Gemara. So that's how we deal with the second question. The third question is where we come into the real Rosh Hashanah issues. And that is a question that's asked by the Maharsho. The Maharsho asks the question, so now we're going to the Maharsho, this is 16th century learning. We're going to learn 16th, 17th, 18th century learning and understanding this piece of Gemara. The Maharsho asks the question um, from Parsha Shmini, that in Parsha Shmini, Aaron is told, take an eagle, because Yavo Egil v'yichaper al Maase Egil. What about Ain't Katego Naase San Egil? There's a case where we don't seem to be worried about it. When do we worry? When don't we worry? The Mashal gives an answer based on the Gemara in, in, in Rosh Hashanah, but he says it's still, still difficult to understand, and he refers to the, to the Mizrahi. He leaves it as a bit of a question. The Bnei Yisachar suggests an answer based on our Gemara. The Bnei Yisachar is... Same time as the Vilna Gaon, 18th century, second part of the 18th century, uh, same time as the Ketzos HaChoshen, it's that period that, we, that we're looking at over here. The Bnei Yisochah was in the early Hasidish period. He was a Talmud of the Chazemi Lublin, one of the early, early initiators of, of, of Hasidus and of Kabbalah. The Bnei Yisochah came from that school. And the, and the Bnei Yisochah asks the question, the same question, he brings the, the, the Maharshal's question, basically. And he answers based on our Gemara here. What did the Gemara say? Why is the Shtar Kiddushin and the Shtar Gerushin not En Kategor Naises Anego? Why is that not bringing a negative metaphor to do a positive action? Answers the Gemara because they're two different Shtaras. If you read the Shtar, you see they're two different. One says, I love you and I'm marrying you and I'll take care of you. And one says, goodbye, I'm divorcing you. There's no, there's no connection. Says the Bnei Yisochar. What they said at the Egel and what they said at the Korban are opposite. At the, at the Egel, they said, Ele Elokecho Yisrael, this is our God. At the Korban, we say, L'Shem Hashem. The Korban is for the name of, of, in the name of a Korban, it's in the name of Hashem. So since the context is so different, just as the context of the Shtar is so different and makes it permissible to use a Shtar in both cases, so says the Bnei Yisrochah, the context of, uh, of the Korban, the sacrifice that a Kohen, that, that Aaron had to bring, was completely different from the Egel, even though he brings an Egel and it's to be Mechaper on, on the Egel. But Mimchilat Kavodo, it doesn't really work, what the Bnei Yisrochah suggests. Because what do we say? In the case of Kesef, it doesn't work. In the case of money, the Gemara wanted to say this kind of money and that kind of money, you use a ring under the chuppah, you use a ring at divorce, two different kinds of ring. And the Gemara says it doesn't help. It doesn't help that you, when you give the ring at the marriage, you say, Hareyat Mekudeshitli. And if you were to give a ring for a divorce, you would say, Hareyat Mekudeshit. You're using different words, but you see, it doesn't help. 
Because the Gemara says, as, as Rashi says on Daf Chav Gimel, we've got the same statement on Daf Chav Gimel. Daf Chav Gimel, Rashi says, because externally, when you look at the two rings, they're the same. You look at the two pieces of gold, they're the same. You look at the two coins, they're the same. It doesn't help me with the context. The shtar, if you look at the two documents, they're different because a document is the content. The document is not the paper it's written on. The document is the content. And the content is different. But the ring is a ring. And you used a ring for marriage, you're using a ring for divorce. That doesn't make any sense. So how can the Bnei Yisrochah say you used gold for the for Egel HaZahav and you used an Egel, you used a, a calf for the Egel HaZahav and you're using a calf here? At the end of the day, the Egel is the same is the same concept. So it doesn't really work, his attempt to use our Gemara to answer the Ma'ashor's question. But there's a beautiful answer given by the Oruch Lanea. Oruch Lanea, now we come into the 18th century. Oruch Lanea is from Germany. And the Oruch Lanei learned, learned Gemara with the son of the Shagas Arya. So he comes from, from that whole tradition. And, and he was also a Kabbalist. And he brings the question of the Masho. And he answers differently. He says, Devadai, hadavar shehuval chapara al hadavar ba'atzmo, bezeh lo shayach katego. Dekach derech hatshuva hashlema va'amitit. Lashuv bo'oto davar shechatabo. When you're doing teshuva, you don't use this principle. You don't say, I'm standing in shul on Yom Kippur. I'm thinking all sorts of positive thoughts. And what am I saying? I'm doing tshuva because I spoke Loshon Hora six months ago. So in I'm bringing that Loshon Hora into my davening on Yom Kippur to do tshuva. I'm bringing a negative thought into my positive experience. Says the Orach that's transformation. You can't transform something if you don't bring it forward, if you try to deny it, if you turn away from it, if you escape from it. You've got to confront it. So when you're actually dealing with transforming the bad into good, then we don't say, in you can't bring the bad in, don't think of the bad, just only think of the good. No, you've actually got to confront the bad. That's what it is. You've got to have a difficult conversation with yourself. I did something disappointing. How can I turn that into zechuyot? How can I turn that into a positive experience? So if you're involved in something positive and constructive, you're innovating, you're planning, you're looking at the future, don't introduce negative thoughts about recession and depression and death and world war, because those two aren't going to work together. But if you're actually thinking about how can I avoid recession, what can I do now to make sure that I don't suffer from recession? What can we do now to make sure that there isn't a world war? Don't say, en kategu, don't talk about war. Talk about good things. <laughs> no, you've got to talk about war. You've got to talk about recession because as the Orach Lener, you're trying to transform that negative into positive. When you want to transform negative into positive, you've got to confront the negative, deal with it, and work through it in such a way that it can become a positive force, not, not a negative force. And so in these things, it's important every day to, to clarify in your mind. Am I clouding my positive with negative thoughts? In which case I've got to pause and stop and put the negative thoughts aside and live in the positive space. I can deal with the negative differently. That's what I need to do. If I'm taking something that's negative, either that happened that is negative or that might happen that is negative, and I'm trying to turn that around to take steps to make sure that the negative doesn't destroy me in the future or what happened in the past doesn't continue to drag me down, I want to transform the negative into something positive, there absolutely, that's tshuva shlema. We've got to confront the negative, go into the negative, understand the negative, and bring it around in that process to make it a force for good and for change rather than something that drags us down. <laughs>